Hello guys, I am Adrian Mayfield. I'm not going to be on very long, so now's a good time to share, subscribe, and invite a friend. I know this is not what you expect on this Easter Resurrection Day, or maybe just an egg and bunny and chocolate day. What well, I know this is probably not what you were expecting, but I am here live to say that I am saying goodbye to Easter, and I'm going to tell you why. So tune in. I'm not going to be on very long. I'm Adrian Mayfield, just in case you have no idea who I am. And I have my website, which is posted there to adrianmayfield.com. I also have a, a podcast, which is called Beauty for Ashes, so you can check it out. Lots of really, really good content there. So I want to jump into this conversation. First of all, I am from Georgia. I'm from a, I'm in the, what do we call it? The South, the Bible Belt, right? I'm from a small town in Northeast Georgia. Was always raised Baptist in the Baptist church, grew up, did all the traditional things that we do at Easter, right? We go to church. I always had an Easter speech for weeks and weeks. My parents made me practice my Easter speech. I had to have it down pat and I had to make sure that I knew it from beginning to end and I could not use the paper. And I remember after we said our Easter speeches that there was a basket that was on the table behind us and on that table, they had different snacks and my favorite snack that was in on that table was cheese and crackers remember the little cheese and crackers it would come four crackers in the pack with a little red stick and a little block of really gross when i think about it now cheese that was processed and so that would always be back there nobody else really ate them everybody else got the chocolate so after i did my easter speech if i said it perfectly i was to reach back and get me one of those back packages of, of cheese and crackers and so afterwards, we'd have a big Easter egg hunt. There was a big field not very far from the church. And we'd all go there. We'd get the eggs. My dad was on the deacon board. So all the deacons would go and hide all the eggs. And all the kids would be excited. And of course, before Easter even arrived, you have to go get your Easter dress, right? When I was smaller, I'd get the little white ruffled socks and the new shoes. You get an Easter outfit. You get your hair done straighten where your mom burns your forehead and the back of your neck and if you jump then she's gonna pop you right i don't know why we had to get popped when they were burning our scalp put all that grease on our hair make, and then get close to the scalp trying to get it straight see that's why i don't, I don't have to worry about that now it's natural but anyway and so we would so you know that was the excitement around easter easter was about the snacks easter was about the speech which wasn't that great but you got to learn about jesus and you had to memorize it and it was about the easter eggs because we would have all of these Easter eggs in a big hunt. They would say, go, we all want to get the Easter eggs, put them in our basket. And there were always a couple of Easter eggs that were there that you were able to go. And if you found one of those, you get like $20 or $5. They would be, you know, they weren't regular eggs. They would have something inside the egg. And my Aunt Charlotte, who was my mom's sister, she would make us these special packages. Every niece and nephew would get a special package, which would have a hard-boiled egg that she colored in there. It would have some candy eggs, and we would probably usually get like $5, guys. Five whole dollars. Don't spend it all in one place. And so we had this amazing time around Easter. And then afterwards, of course, we would go to my grandmother's house, or we'd go home, and there was this big Easter feast, ham, turkey, dressing, macaroni, potato salad, sweet potato pie, banana pudding, all kinds of cakes. I mean, just ridiculous. And so... Growing up, I thought that's what Easter was about. Well, I was raised Baptist, as I said. I went to Sunday school. I learned the story. And so I knew that Easter was about Jesus. I knew it was about the empty tomb. I knew it was about the resurrection. I knew that 
he died and he was resurrected and that you know he resurrected for on our behalf and also i forgot on sunday morning i think it was sunday morning at 6 a.m they would have what's called sunrise service which was supposed to commemorate when they when the women went to the tomb and found the empty tomb so they have sunrise service which was like a mini service and then after that then people would um actually have breakfast and then you go home for a few hours and come back for easter sunday so there was always a lot of fellowship, a lot of worship, a lot of spending time together. And it was a big holiday always growing up. And so as I started to get older, I still would celebrate Easter. When I moved away, I would always have to, I would always not have to, but I always come home for Easter because this was a big holiday to be celebrated, right? If all of you were, I mean, those of you who were raised in church, I'm sure many of the things I'm saying resonate with you because this is just what you did. You celebrated Easter, you're Christian, you celebrate Easter, this is what you do. Well, in the last couple of years, I started to get more knowledge, right? And in this kingdom, the kingdom of God, we know that we gain, we gain capacity, we gain clarity, we grow in the spirit by our access to light. The more things that we learn, the more things we know about the truth, about who God is, who we are, the more we study the word, the more light we get, it pushes out darkness. And one of the things that it does is forces out traditions of men. And a lot of the things that we've been doing, unfortunately, are traditions of men. They're things that we've just been trained to do, we've been told to do, we don't even know why we do it. And so I remember even as a little girl asking my mom, like, well, what does eggs have to do with Jesus? And there was this Easter bunny, people would take pictures. I don't think I took pictures with the Easter bunny, but I remember my sister took my niece and nephew to take a picture with the Easter bunny because I remember my nephew, <laughs> he wasn't so happy. We still have that picture, he wasn't so happy taking that picture with the Easter bunny. But I remember thinking, well, if this is about Jesus, if, the, if this is about him dying on the cross to, to save us from sin, what's all this with the bunnies and the eggs and the chocolate and the Easter bunny? What does that have to do? And no one really gave me an answer. And so as I started to get older and do a little more research and find more about it, I started to say, wait a minute, this seems a little strange. And so the last year or so, I started to hear more about it. So I started to do some of my own research. And this year, as as the celebration or the day was approaching, I started to hear more and more. And particularly, I, I saw so many more people getting involved in Ash Wednesday, right? And traditionally, I always thought growing up that Ash Wednesday was something that Catholic people did. Because no one in our, my church ever did. And they, Ash Wednesday wasn't a thing. No one did the ashes. No one put them on their head. And so I always thought it was a Catholic thing. But then last year, I think it was, and even this year, I noticed more and more people doing it became like a faddish thing. I saw people putting ash putting ashes on their heads on Ash Wednesday who weren't even Christians. Like any other time, I wouldn't hear them talking about Christ. I wouldn't. They wouldn't be reading their Bible. They wouldn't, you know, go to church. None of those things that you would expect that a Christian would do. But they started going to these Ash Wednesday services and putting ashes on their forehead. And I'm like, well, wait, what is this about? And so the more I started to pray about it and meditate and kind of talk to the Holy Spirit about it, I started to realize that a lot of people were just getting into the outward show, the outward sign of this outward piety and this outward sign of repentance. Oh, I'm putting this ashes on here to show that I've died, that I'm you know, so sorry over my sin. When the Bible says that we should rend our hearts, not our garments. And when I would see the people with the ashes on their forehead, I kept hearing that scripture over and over. And I was like, hey, this is really weird. I kept hearing it every time I would see it. And so I started saying, okay, obviously you want me to look into it. So more I started looking into it, then I started seeing people posting saying, okay, you know, Easter isn't really about Jesus. It's really a pagan holiday. It's really about 
Estor, I think E-S-O-E-E-O-S-T-R-E. And so I said, okay, let me do some research. So the more I started to do the research, I found out that Easter actually did have pagan origins. That it really was associated with a goddess named Estor. I hope I'm saying it correctly. And she was the goddess of fertility, right? She was the goddess of fertility. And so that's kind of the connection with the eggs because, you know, rabbits and bunnies, the rabbit or the hare, which is a rabbit, that was her symbol. This goddess Estor, a hare or rabbit was her symbol. And we know that hares are able to reproduce. They can have like a lot of bunnies very quickly. And so that's where the fertility and all that come in. And so the other thing about it that kind of that, that made me say, okay, wait a minute, was the fact that Easter is never on this, it's never necessarily on the same day. Well, if we're commemorating Jesus dying and we're actually syncing this with the actual death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, then why is the date move around? Like, why is the date moving around? Like, what, what's that about? And so when I started to do this research, that's when I discovered that Easter, the pagan holiday, actually was synchronized with the spring equinox. And the spring equinox is associated with new birth and the end of darkness, which would be winter, I guess, with the seasons, and the entrance of spring, which is a new birth or awakening of new things. And so the more I dug it out, I just began to see that Easter in itself, by its name, by its connotation, did originate as a pagan festival. Now, Constantine, once he converted to Christianity, he knew that people don't want to let their, let their cows go, their sacred cows, right? is the expression they use and they are we're very tied a lot of times to more tradition than god and so he knew that people weren't going to let those things go quickly so he started to intermingle the two he started to mix the christianity um traditions with these pagan traditions and that's how we get the intermixing and intermingling of a lot of the holidays that we have today which aren't necessarily christian holidays they're pagan holidays that we try to christianize and so as I told you, you know, I was born, raised in church, not born in church, but raised in church. I've celebrated Easter my entire life. A few years back when I was married and I had a church with my husband, we, I think, called it Resurrection Sunday. I know some of you today probably called it Resurrection Sunday because you heard a little bit, learned a little bit about Easter. And you're like, oh, well, I don't want to say Easter because it is pagan. So we just call it Resurrection Sunday. But I don't believe that this date, because it keeps moving around, for one, is actually the day that Jesus died. And so it's just something that, you know, I felt a personal conviction about. I, it wasn't easy because even today, a lot of people were texting me, happy Easter, happy Easter, happy Easter, happy Easter. And I was like, Lord, I don't want to just, you know, blow everybody's hair back and say, I don't celebrate Easter. You shouldn't be celebrating Easter as a pagan holiday. You know, there's just different ways that people go about introducing it. And so I decided to do this live today and kind of talk about it share it with you, tell you to tell you to go and do investigate on your own, research the history, look into it, because we know, which is what I want to get into now very quickly, because I only want us to be on here for like two or three more minutes, is that uh see someone just sent me a note, Resurrection Sunday. <laughs> so happy Resurrection Sunday. So um I wanted to share three just three scriptures with you just because these are the scriptures that the Holy Spirit was kind of revealing to me about this whole concept when I was like, well, what's the big deal that people aren't celebrating? My parents weren't celebrating the devil. They weren't worshiping a pagan goddess. They didn't know any difference. They were just, we were just celebrating Jesus. They were teaching me the right thing. What's the big deal? And so I think he told my brother the other day when my brother was doing the research that origin matters. And we know that origin matters because the devil is very, very crafty. He's not the creator of things, but he tries to imitate God. 
And so he wants to get us into this ideology that mixture is okay. That mixture is not a big deal. That it doesn't matter. As long as my heart about it is right, then surely God has to accept it, but it's just not true. When you think about Cain and Abel, which is, this is just coming to me now, Cain and Abel, right? The issue with Abel was that Abel would, the issue with Cain, that Cain had with Abel, I should say, is that Abel brought his best. When they brought their sacrifices to God, Abel brought his best. Cain did not. And so God rejected Cain's sacrifice. And just in case you have no idea who they are, Cain and Abel were the, were the uh, sons of Adam and Eve, the first woman and man. And so God, they had to bring sacrifices. Abel brought his best. Cain did not. And so God rejected Cain's sacrifice. Well, rather than bring a better sacrifice, he actually killed his brother, right? Because he thought that God should accept his sacrifice. And God came to him and said, you know, why, why are you angry? Why are you wrath? If you bring your best, would it not be set? Would it not be accepted? But sin is waiting for you. It's crouching at the door. You must learn to master it. And so these are things that, that are just reminders that God doesn't have to just accept whatever we offer him. He is God. And contrary to popular belief, contrary to cultural belief, he is still God. He's still the sovereign ruler of the universe. And he's in charge. He's in charge. So. I wanted to share just two or three scriptures, the first of which is Exodus 23, chapter 20, verse 3. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. That's one of the Ten Commandments says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And sometimes we don't think about worship, like about these kind of things being worship, but they can become worship. It can, can become a form of idolatry. And God takes idolatry really, really seriously, guys. Okay, another one is Exodus 34, 14. 34, 14, it says, you shall worship no other God for the Lord whose name is jealous. Not I am jealous, but his name is jealous, is a jealous God. And this is the jealous God where he is protective of us. He is serious about their protection and he is serious about being the only one. You know how you might, you're in a relationship like with somebody and you try to like look at somebody else or cheat on them or make a text message or a phone and all that and you get caught and they're really mad. Well, God is like that. He doesn't play around with you worshiping other gods, with you spending time with other gods, with you looking, looking at other gods because he is God. He's paid a big price for us, for our allegiance, our loyalty, through shedding his blood, through his son, Jesus Christ. And so he deserves 100% loyalty, and that's what he expects. So some of these things that we do, like thinking, oh, it's not a big deal, it's a very big deal to God. Okay. Um, Exodus 23, 3, this was a warning that God gave when they, to the children of Israel as they were going in and they were taking over lands. He said, you shall not dwell in their land lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will be a snare to you. And this warning was because anytime you have associations or affiliations with people, there's a tendency to begin to take on their nature, to take on their character, to start doing the things that they're doing. And that's what was happening. So you see that with Solomon, God said, don't take these wives, these foreign wives, these wives that don't belong to me. Don't take them because they're going to turn your heart from me. And what did they do? They turned his heart away. Right. Same thing happened with Samson. And so you have to be very careful that your allegiance and your loyalty remains to God, Yahweh, whose son is Jesus alone. OK, last one is Revelations 2.20. Revelations 2.20, this is Jesus speaking to different churches and telling them why their, their, uh, lamps, their lamps will be removed from the lampstand and the candles will be removed from the lampstand. And he says, nevertheless, I have a few things against you. 
because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Now, this one, people think a lot of times that Jezebel is a woman. It's not necessarily a woman. It could be a man. It's a spirit. It's a spirit that is a diabolical spirit that seeks to destroy, that seeks to seduce and turn people away from the nature of God. And so here he's rebuking that church because he said that they are allowing her to coexist. They're allowing her to come in and seduce the people and cause them to do things that they're going to cause them to come to the judgment of God. And so I just wanted to share this. Of course, it was a little bit weird today and even last year because last year I didn't really do a lot with Easter. It's... um felt a little weird today, you know, because everybody was happy Easter, happy Resurrection Day. And for weeks, I've seen the chocolate bunnies and chocolate eggs. But uh, like I said, leading up to today, I saw and just observed the cell, the um, way that the world was reaching for Easter and posting Easter. And we, I got an email that said from Benny Hanna that said, um, after you finish your Easter egg hunt, come have dinner with us. Not after you celebrate the birth of your Lord and Savior, not after you get, celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but after you finish your Easter egg, come, come spend time with us. And so the focus has just moved away from, and I don't know, I mean, for us, it was always growing up, like I said, about Jesus and um, the resurrection. But the focus, when you see the world gravitating towards something and trying to commercialize it and monetize it, you can know that you need to start looking into it and making sure that God's in it and that your heart is pure around it. And so I hope that none of you will unfollow <laughs> unfollow me and stop being my friend over this but i have to tell you the truth these are things that i found out for myself and like i said it was a it was a little weird today a little strange and um but i made it through the day i didn't have any easter eggs didn't have any easter candy and i survived and i still celebrated and remember the real reason that we even talk about resurrection or easter which is that jesus christ has come as god he has ransomed himself he became sin for us. He died on a cross, becoming a curse so that we don't have to experience the curse of dying because of our sins. If we are reconciled to him, we can be reconciled to the Father and we can enjoy the resurrection life that he enjoyed. And if we, and when he returns, he'll return back for us, right? And we can live eternally with him in heaven. And so this is the promise. This is the story of the gospel. This is why Jesus came. And so this is what we celebrate when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, when we celebrate his life, when we celebrate what he has done, he has made it possible for us to be reconciled back to the Father, to be forgiven of our sins, and to enjoy the resurrection life that he died to give us. So that is Jesus, that is what is done. And also, shameless plug, I've done, for the last 19 days, I believe it is, I've been doing getting to know the real Jesus. And so I'm doing one minute snippets, just just sharing different things about Jesus, different titles, different things that Jesus said about himself. And so I hope that you're able to um, follow them. I hope you've been following. If not, go back and check some of them out. You may find some names or some concepts or something that you had not, that you did not know and share it with a friend, share it with an atheist, share it with someone who's uh, following a false religion, share it with them and allow them to get to know the real Jesus. So they can know they need to get to know them. They need to give them their life before it gets too late. It's getting dark out here. And so we need to be evangelizing and going after the harvest like we never have before. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for life. We thank you for health. We thank you for strength. We thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and understanding to the simple. We thank you for revelation and we thank you for truth. 
We are lovers of truth. We tighten the belt of truth around our waist. And we thank you that Jesus has came to has come to show us the way that he is the truth and he is the life. Thank you for loving us. Jesus, thank you for interceding for us. Thank you that your blood is there and it still speaks for us. It's there on the mercy speak, mercy seat even speaking for us now. So we thank you for the privilege to come boldly before the throne of grace and make our petitions known. Holy Spirit, thank you for living inside of us. Thank you for convicting us of sin. Thank you for leading us into truth. And thank you for testifying of Jesus. I pray for everyone who is watching now, even those who will watch by replay. I pray that their hearts will be open to truth. I pray that they'll begin to, to receive what it is, the message that you will have for them through this, that they will not reject the truth, but that they will be good soil and that this word has fallen on good ground. I bless the week that is coming for all those who are watching and those who are watching the replay. I pray that they will walk in favor, that they will walk in grace. I pray that, the, that anywhere that they are walking in darkness, that their understanding will be lightened, enlightened, and that they will know the truth about who they are and who you are. Father, I pray that they will walk in power, that they will walk in wisdom, and that they will reflect your light in the earth. May we remember the resurrection. May we remember that you died for us so we don't have to die to sin and have to live a life of sin in bondage. So thank you, Jesus, for resurrecting us. Thank you for coming and sacrificing your life for us. Thank you for loving us, and thank you for being our Savior. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, that's it. Let's see a few comments here. Thank you so much. I will go back and read them. Let's see. Forgot about the snacks. We didn't take Easter Bunny pictures. Happy Resurrection Sunday. You got to do better. It is a pagan holiday. That's true. He is God. He decides it's acceptable. And you won't unfollow me. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it. I wanted to stay at nine minutes, and I'm already at 22. So let me go have a wonderful Sunday, and God bless your week.